Hello and welcome to episode number 89 of Investing from the Beach. I'm your host. My name is Chris Hansen. I've got my co-host with me today, Mr. Chris Lamb. Hey, it's Chris Lamb. And it's been a while. It has been a while. If it's your first time listening to the show, welcome. A quick background on the two of us. Uh, Chris and I differ in age by about 18 years, although we look to be about the same age. <clears throat> yeah, we're starting to. Yeah. <laughs> Either I look young or he's looking older. Yeah. But um, we both hit time freedom. There's a significant difference. People will say, oh, that's financial freedom. And you kind of laugh and think, no, you have no idea. Time freedom is an absolute awesome spot to be. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but we both hit it via our, via the stock market. We met uh, at IBM. We were both in sales. At least I was in sales. I was looking to leave the place. Uh, Chris was an intern coming in. We overlapped by a few years. He had asked somebody around the office about the stock market and who knew something about it. And somebody pointed a finger over at me. And he came over, we were chatting for a little bit, and instant friendship, and we just clicked. Uh, both shared a love of this stuff. We've been yeah, great friends ever sight. since. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that might be listening on alternative forms, we've got some bad jokes going back and forth. Uh, Chris got a couple of kids. They're, you know, toddler and newborn. I've got one that's uh, just coming out of high school. So we vary in, uh, in life experience and where we are on the, on the cycle of life, if you will, and, and dealing with kids and that. But hey we, man, the, the the time has gone by so fast. You said toddler and newborn. I'm like, no, it's a it's a, a big kid and a new a toddler now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <clears throat> but the idea on the podcast, where this came from, um, full disclosure, I run a class that teaches people how to trade. If you're interested, terrific. If you're not, terrific. This is not a sell job for that. On the podcast, we don't do any ads. <clears throat> so you don't have to listen to us put in some plug about some product we don't believe in. It's not about that at all. What we talk about is the mindset that it takes to reach freedom. What most people do is they will focus on the how to do, whether it's a set of rules, the cookbook, the techniques, whatever it might be, and they focus on that. And very, very few people end up reaching freedom. And the reason for that is they're focused on the how to do. And the reality is the how to do is maybe 5% of what's required on the overall equation. 95% plus, and it's probably closer to 99 once you get your head into this. But 95% of this is how to think. And that's what we talk about on the podcast. So the other you know, 88 episodes prior to this, you can go, go through and dig through that and you'll see it's, it's a whole bunch of concepts that we try and share with people. Again, we're not getting paid for it. It's th We put this stuff out there, things that we wish somebody would have told us as we were learning how to, it's not so much master the stock market. It really comes about as being mastering yourself. And then you take action. We chose the stock market, but you can do it in real estate. The same concepts apply. You can do it if you want to sell stuff on Amazon, start a small business, write apps for a phone or side hustle. It doesn't matter. As you start to look at those things, you start to say, where's the greatest bang for my buck? Well, where's the time freedom? <clears throat> it's tougher to do it in other markets. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. so we definitely have a bias toward the stock market, but we're wide open to if somebody's got a better idea, if it's in real estate or something like that, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. Don't, I just want to be sure you can do it off time. And I have yet, and I've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of discussions with people saying, well, what about this? What about that? And you chat with them and you listen and you think, nope, we got the best avenue. Yeah. 
Um, it's not the easiest thing to learn, but nothing is. But once you get your head around it and you realize it's not getting your head around the stock market, it's getting your head around your actions and the thoughts popping through your head, then it starts to pop and things flow. And it is an incredible life. So whatever path you're trying to use to make your way, stock, real estate, Amazon, whatever it is, awesome. I commend you, bust your butt to get there. Because let me tell you, getting to freedom, there is nothing better. If I had to go back to work, boy, I'd do it kicking and screaming, but it wouldn't take me long at all to get back to freedom once you have the know-how. Not something I would ever, ever want to trade spots with. How about you, young man? Anything to add? Or older man? Anything to add? (laughs) Well, you you mentioned you're 18 years uh, older than I am, and uh, we said, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll look like brothers when you're 100 and I'm 82. (laughs) (laughs) So... If you're new to this, you're wondering, like, which one is which? We've joked for years. This is my joke. And Chris just kind of rolled his eyes the first time I said it. And now he's starting to use it as well. I said, you know, we've got the same name. It's two guys with the same name. One of us is smart and one of us is good looking. And you got to figure out which one is which. And then let the other guy know. And so you'll hear our comments back and forth about one of us will say something stupid and go, yeah, yeah, you're the good looking one today. So, um Let's see. The I've been getting a lot of notes from people and phone calls, and I appreciate the concern. It's like, hey, what happened to you guys? You were getting pretty regular on your schedule about doing these about once a month. When we first started doing the podcast, um, I was thinking we would do it once a week. The smarter one amongst us said, dude, you're nuts. That's going to be a lot of work. And that lasted for probably, I don't know, maybe six, six, eight weeks, two months, something like that. And finally, I agreed with them. Since we're not getting paid for this, it's, we're not doing this to raise money from advertisers. Like, time freedom is nice, and that turned into a job doing it once a week. So <clears throat> we slowed it down to once every other week, <clears throat> and that realized it came once a month. That was that was as labor intensive. Also, it's like God, uh, come yeah, on. You, you didn't you didn't let people know it's once a quarter now. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, it, it turned into once a half. <laughs> so generally, our our intent was to put these things out at once a month. Um, full disclosure, why we haven't had one out since uh, late the year before this is coming out, end of May, when we're uh, um, recording this. Um, it's a combo of lazy on my part, and I trade for a living. I have the, uh, if you look at the setup I've got for doing the podcast, it's a mixing board that looks like what you would see at a, you know, at a, a really bad bar, <laughs> rather than... You know, some Vegas DJ DJ Hanson. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. And I switched uh, trading systems. So I basically got a new computer and I moved, I put the old one in and I had to upgrade the Windows operating system. And so I don't know if it was Windows that horked me up. Maybe there was a little bit there. But what I did when I switched, I didn't take a picture of which wires go into which ports on the thing. And so as I was moving stuff around, had to undo stuff and I went to plug it back in. I thought, oh, crap. I haven't touched this thing once we got started, you know, four or five years ago when we started doing this. And so I tried for a little bit of thought, man, I just started cursing like, I'll deal with this later. I'll deal with this later. And then I think, uh, I don't know, they got COVID, but you get a cold or something and that sets you back for a week or two. And then Chris, you were sniffling with the kids or whatever else. And next thing you know, it's been five months. (laughs) So... Has it been five months? Yeah. Last one we did was in December, I think. Really? 
yeah, go look. That's that's the data. Oh, yeah. But so for those of you that are that were concerned, thank you. Everything is cool. Literally, it's just I would respond back to people and like on an email say, just being lazy. <clears throat> um, but well, that's also, the beauty of uh, time freedom. Yeah, I think it's also. I mean, you know, the purpose of the podcast is to put things out there that we uh, think are valuable from a mindset perspective and what we would want to share. And early on, of course, you know, we haven't put out anything. So there's many, you know, things that we want to share. So it's easier to put out once a week. But, um, you know, as as uh, we put out, what, 80, you know, something episodes already, um, there's not a whole lot of new things. But so sometimes, you know, something new comes out, then we'll, you know, it makes sense, then we'll, we'll put it out. But, you know, it's not something where, okay, let's, let's, you know, have to force some type of content just to put it out on a schedule. It's it's it it shouldn't be that way, because uh, we we're trying to you know uh, give you guys timeless information and uh, something that you can grab onto and uh, you know apply to your life, and it's not just uh, let, let me just you know say something entertaining for you, right? Dude, we don't do so that. So it's not anyway. your traditional podcast. Yeah, but we don't do entertaining stuff anyway. So that's you know we're yeah. gonna lead somebody on. We've sure. got bad dad humor. Is really what it <laughs> yeah. is, and it's not bad dad humor. It's bad mm-hmm. dad humor. Yeah, and that's being kind. <laughs> that is bad dad humor right there. And if those of you who don't understand, it's like, screw it, just delete the show. You're never going to like our shit and stuff anyway. I can't swear on this thing. Uh, let's see what else. If you have comments for us on the uh, on our content or on our jokes or material that you might like want, might want us to cover in a future episode, you can reach out a couple of ways. Um, We've got a website, investingfromthebeach.com. We've got all the podcasts listed there. You can reach us via email. It's investingfromthebeach at gmail. Uh, if you go on the website, there's a phone number there. It's an easy way to remember it. Um, what I tell people is imagine you're on a 747. You jump on, and in 24 hours, you can be at any beach in the world. There's a way to think about that. And that is our phone number. It's 747-24-BEACH. That's the way that works out. 747-242-3224, I think. Can't remember, but just remember, jump on a 747 in 24 hours. You're at any beach in the world. Oh, five yeah. months and you still remember it. Huh? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Although I use that sometimes. Someone go, hey, I want to get, you know, I'll run some, meet somebody in the grocery store or how do I reach you? Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I don't carry a business card and go, this is how you do it. And people are like, That's kind of cool. How, did, did, <laughs> did you order that custom? <laughs> like well the reality is when you set it up uh, G, uh, uh, Google had this thing where you could set up a voice number and it mm-hmm. used to be you'd say you'd want one and you'd pick an area code and they would give you a list of like 40 numbers yeah. that you could pick and I just went through and was looking for things that spelled stuff mm-hmm. and now when you do it I think they give you a choice of two choice of three so mm-hmm. can't let that one go if we stop doing the podcast I may take that number for something else I don't know what it'll be but it's pretty cool all right, what else? Anything else I should uh, add? Oh, I don't think we'll do it on this one, but full disclosure, Chris, when, how, when's the last time you had an official job working for IBM or anybody else? How long ago uh, was that? It's been about more than 10 years. So 10 plus years. So I walked out of the door in IBM at the end of 2003, so I'm coming up on almost 20 years. I worked there for about 18, 19 years, and then I walked yeah, away. It's- it's been so long that you forgot. It, was not, it wasn't at the end of 2003. Yeah, it was. Oh, no, end of 2002. See? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, that's true. Missed it by one. 
man, next year I'll be 38. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Counting backwards. Um, but so Chris and I are unemployed in order to give any kind of, fin- we don't have any kind of a license. So at one point we, we both had a securities license. When we left IBM, we ran a hedge fund for a little bit. It was a great experience. Pain in the butt with all the paperwork. We decided, nah, it's not worth the uh, not worth the time and headache. But a phenomenal experience to set one up and get it going and, and running for a few years. And so we did have a license for a little bit. We still operate as if we have a securities license, but neither one of us do. And what we mean by that is, <clears throat> we're not looking to give advice. And if you like, hey, should I buy or sell now? What should we do? I don't have a clue. Our objective. Yeah, you're listening to uh, dumb and stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dumb and dumber. <laughs> stupid and stupider. Take what we say with a grain of salt. You got. And so what you want to think of is we're not out soliciting uh, dollars for anything. We're not giving you buy-sell advice. In order to do any of those, you got to be licensed and you have to be employed. Um, we are not employed. And so you would absolutely be a moron and an idiot to listen to someone that hasn't worked in 10 or, or 20 years. It makes their living from their performance in the stock market and their activities, I should say, in the stock market. You certainly don't want to listen to us. I mean, go listen to someone who has a job and needs a job. Is the way I think about that. And if you didn't sense the the sarcasm and irony in that one, hit rewind and listen to it a couple of times. <clears throat> but the reality is we're not here to give advice. Uh, you should go get educated <clears throat> Excuse me, and or go speak with someone who's... Um, Highly informed, got a lot of letters um, after their last name. Yeah, uh, a paid professional to do this. Chris and I are unpaid and we are definitely not professional. All right, so there's our very long extended intro and whatever and explaining why we've been gone for as long as we have. Today's topic, number 89. Uh, As we're recording this, it's the latter part of May of 2022, if that matters. We've been on a, a decline in the stock market for probably about four or five months now, really since the beginning of the year, it's been on a, on a decline. <clears throat> the press is saying, hey, maybe we're in a bear market because the S&P just barely tapped down 20% and then it's starting to bounce from there. The NASDAQ was down about 30% and starting to lift up from there. And it's, it's, it's interesting you hear the the pundits are debating whether or not we're in a bear market. You know, if we're at down 19%, we're technically, they'll say that we're not in a bear market. Mm-hmm. But man, once you hit 20%, now you put a new it's, label on it, which it's is completely different. Yeah. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> from guys that don't work for a living, it's, it's comical, the behavior that you see. You call it whichever you want it. Just realize we're in a downdraft. Then the question also comes up is now you hear people saying, well, fear of recession, fear of recession. What's that mean? The economy's going to slow down, blah, blah, blah. One of the things to keep in mind as you listen to talking heads or as you read articles, everybody has an opinion. They may be basing that opinion on a fact, but understand their estimation for what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month or next year is simply an opinion. Now, it's fine to make investing and trading decisions on opinions, and it's fine to make them on facts but be sure that you are not confusing the two. And you always got to keep that in mind. So we can go to cnbc.com and <clears throat> there'll be an article in there that says, uh, according to a stock market expert, they think the market's going to do this in the future, up or down. Yeah, lots of opinions. And there'll be another one. Uh, stock market's going to drop in the next six months, according to an expert at B of A or at ABC Bank, whatever it is. 
It's all just an opinion. And so you have to understand that. One of the opinions that you hear being bantered around, and these guys could be right, they could be wrong, is a recession. Are we coming up or should we be in the near future expecting some kind of recession? Due to a whole laundry list of reasons. And what's the, uh, is it, there's an official definition of a recession too, right? I think like it's too, Something had to do with GDP declining or something it's, like that? It's either, I don't know if it's declining or if it's slowing the rate of growth for two quarters, mm-hmm. I think is what it is. But it's funny, it's like, Chris, neither one of us knows what the hell it is. Yeah. And does it matter? Yeah, I mean, you 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 know, if you're doing well in a recession, you what's what recession? And yeah. uh, if you're not doing well <laughs> in a bull market, what what bull market? What economic expansion? <laughs> right? Exactly. So, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. If you think about, we'll go back and talk about maybe stock market movements, and you can, if you want to go look at economic activity around that, go have a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you get engineering nerds. That would be an economic nerd spending time studying stuff that, in my humble opinion, I think Chris, you would share, doesn't mean a hell of a lot about anything. Mm-hmm. We were talking last night when we were trying to come up with ideas on what to speak on. We're going back to when did you first start getting interested or involved in the market? Uh, towards the, uh, I think in uh, 1999. <laughs> so right at the end of the dot-com boom mm-hmm. is when you came in. Yeah. And at that time you were, what, 19, 20 years old, something like that? Yeah, I was 19. And so it's an example of if you're old enough to know what was going on back then, you can remember this. If you're too young, you didn't understand or know what was going on. Any company at that time in the late late ninety eight ninety nine is really where you start to start to saw start to see it go parabolic. I mean, it almost looked like a rocket ship going straight up. Anything that had the word .dot com or internet in their business description, people were throwing money at it hand over fist. It was very simple to make money in the stock market. All you had to do was be in the stock market. It seemed like everything was going up. And when you run into that type of environment, that's when you start to hear, you'll be in the grocery store, get your groceries, and you'll have the 16, 17-year-old box boy will be bagging up the groceries for you. And he'll be having the discussion, or she will be having the discussion with the checkout person. And they'll be talking about how much money they made the last couple of days in the stock market. I'm sure there are all kinds of brilliant stock boys working in the grocery industry. But when you find that those people are talking about making money in the stock market or it happened in the real estate market in the mid 2000, 2006, seven and eight. When you see that type of environment, now you know the public has gotten sucked in. And Chris would have been part of that public getting sucked in as you know, as a year out of high school and hearing that, I think you were saying your cousin or your uncle was making a lot of money said you should do this. Yeah, it was my cousin. And you put money in there and instantly made a good chunk of money. Mm-hmm. You thought, how come nobody Easy. told me about this? Yeah, it's fantastic. This why am I going to school? <laughs> yeah, why am I? And you were what, first, second year in school? Yeah, it was like my, uh, just finishing up my first year. And you think, this is a piece of cake. Money's rolling in. And then you were the last guy to the party. Mm-hmm. Or one of the last ones. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's when somebody puts a turd in the tu- in the punch that's bowl. When the, that's when the food tastes the, great, the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when all the people that got to the party early are now looking around going, man, there's too many people here. Mm-hmm. We got to go. 
it's getting it's getting crazy. This is when the cops start to get called. And so you get in there, you make a little bit of money, and then it starts to roll over. So it goes from a euphoric, it gets exciting, then euphoric. And now you start, as you found out, you put some money in there, made some, and then you started losing a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? You get some doubt in your mind. And then you lose some more money, and now you get fearful. And if you had held on, if you had bought in and held, now it starts coming down more and more and more. And at some point you say, screw it, and you sell everything. And that's called capitulation. And then what happens is, if enough people, the public, is getting sucked in, they're losing money, they capitulate, now stock prices go back down and they become, quiets down, it gets kind of boring. And nobody really pays attention to it. And then idea, companies have good earnings. Ideas come out. People have to think, oh, that'd be an interesting business. And people start pushing more money on a particular industry or a particular company. And it starts to get ex- interesting. And things start rising again. Now it starts to get exciting. And then you, again, it's, it cycles through. And you hear everybody is, you know, anybody and their brother, if you've got a pulse, you can make money. Now it gets exciting and then euphoric. And the yeah, I mean, the, the cycle has nothing to do with, uh, you know, like um, real value or economic activities or any creation or invention that companies are, you know, they're still pursuing those things. It's just the, you know, people are, the, the, the stock prices are depressed, but businesses that are good, they're still operating, they're still running, mm-hmm. right? And so when, when they come out of that, uh, you, you get this kind of, you know, next cycle and those companies that uh, are uh, doing well or have strong business models, uh, they continue to grow and do really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and so this cycle has got, it's, a, it's the human cycle, if you will. And this cycle, this is nothing new in the stock market. You go back and study us back to the, you know, 1900. You can go find books that have charts on these. You can go back and look and say, oh, there it is. It did it again. It did it again. It seems to do about every... I, Different people have different opinions. You go look at charts. It's generally about every 10-ish years, maybe a little bit longer, in some cases a little bit shorter than others. But you seem to go through kind of that cycle about every 10-ish years. And what happens is people forget. So there'll be a number of people that will have jumped in at the top where it's getting exciting. They get euphoric, and then they get clobbered. (laughs) They lose their tail. And they walk around with their tail between their legs and they'll talk to their friends and say, my gosh, I'm never doing that again. Stock market's rigged. No, I'm never doing it again. They don't bother to get educated. They just complain about it. A few and then years you miss later, the opportunity. You miss that. And while they're complaining about it, licking their wounds, afraid to, you know, afraid to go learn, that's when all the great buys are available. They complain about it. Maybe go look at something else or just, you know, ignore <clears throat> the opportunity that are the real don't understand the realization of getting your money to work for you so that you don't have to work for your money and continue to slave away at the job. And then a few more years passed and suddenly the people around them, they hear more and more people are making money easy, easily. And finally they look and think, well, and they, I don't know what runs through someone's head, but it's like, well, if that idiot can do it, I certainly can. And now you got the public sucked in again. <laughs> and then they get whacked again. Yeah, we, I mean, we mentioned a few times in prior episodes about fear and greed, and uh, generally, and people are 
greedy, then you should be fearful, right? And and the opposite, when people are uh, fearful, then you start to be greedy. And you're starting to see that, uh, you know, in this current environment. And, uh, you know, when we had a sell-off in uh, 2020 uh, relating to the pandemic, there wasn't much fear at all. I mean, people were fearing about, you know, uh, getting sick, but they weren't fearing about, you know, the stock market. And it it, uh, it happened too quickly uh, as far as the recovery for there to be any fear. There was a lot of greed uh, because you had Fed intervention. You had all these, uh, you know, new money sitting at home coming into the stock market, exciting, and uh, it turned it uh, turned the stock market into a gambling arena. And uh, you mentioned the dot-com era, and, uh, you know, 20 years later, we, we kind of have a similar environment. Uh, and the new industry is cryptocurrency, what we, you know, talked about in prior episodes as well. And it doesn't mean that, you know, hey, uh, in, in the early 2000s, when you had the bubble in the stock market uh, with dot-com, doesn't mean that dot-com is going to go away. It just means that uh, all the bad dot-coms will, will die, and then the, you know, the industry is going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And so with cryptos, this it's a similar way. You can have all the bad, you know, projects uh, in, in in blockchain. They're going to die, and then the, the 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 good ones will still be there, and they'll continue to grow. Uh, but if you are fearful, you won't recognize the opportunity. Um, and I had to sit through that, uh, you know, for a little over twenty years. Right? Uh, in hindsight, you see what was going on at the time when I just started learning the stock market. Yep. So it's it's very important to have that uh, proper mindset and, and the, the 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 right perspective to be able to uh, go through uh, what we're going through and and be able to capture opportunities. And it's very rare to have, and that's why we, uh, you know, Chris and I was were saying that um, it's something very valuable to share with our audience because. It, it it usually takes you know twenty plus years to be able to go through these cycles because you know each of them lasts about you know or they come around only about once every ten years. Um, and when I started, it was just like right at that end of the decade, you know, beginning of a new decade, right? Then it, you know, that was the cycle, and then it didn't happen again until you know two thousand eight and two thousand and nine, but it was a little different at that time because. Uh, you had, you know, again, uh, Fed, you know, uh, the the central banks coming in and pumping up uh, the 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 uh, asset prices, of, you know, with the stock market and mortgage, uh, real estate as well, and so it didn't um, it didn't let it naturally, uh, you know, go through that cycle, and and you know, like in early two thousand, uh, when the stock market or the, the the internet bubble burst, it took roughly like two years. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in I think in 2008 and nine, it was it was like I think it was like six months. Yes. And then the market just bottomed out and, you know, and then started, you know, recovering and, and, and uh, rising from there. When you see lower interest rates, so it pumps, mm-hmm. pumps money. You've got cute quantitative easing. You go back and yep. if you don't fund familiar with that, go back and read about that. <clears throat> but it's in essence where the the government is pumping money into the system. And as you pump more money into the system, it and you raises lower interest rates. It, yeah, you'd be via lowering interest rates, it raises the value of assets. Not so much the value, but it's the price of. Yeah, because the money has to go somewhere. It raises and, the price and they of assets. They start chasing assets. Yeah. Yep. You can see that. And it was, I remember, this is about the time that I had left. 
everybody around me was making money, tons of money in real estate. Chris and I both live in LA and LA has a, a well-deserved reputation. If, if you can get here and you know, get here and get into the housing market, um, <laughs> the housing market usually pays better than a job. <laughs> it's almost, it's a weird thing. Um, but the, and we're not saying go out and buy real estate and just sit back and, you know, cash in. But the housing market in LA, and there's a few spots around the country where it's just, you know, go, go, go and grow, grow, grow. You see it in LA, you see it in the Bay Area, uh, you see it in New York City, a couple other spots around. And you had the housing market inflating, again, where the box boy at the grocery store was making money flipping condos. Well, when you get in that kind of environment, you know there's nobody left to buy. And at some point now, you're getting very near the top. Mm-hmm. And as it then comes crashing down, now you have the smart money stepping in and buying them up again. Very Hot quietly. potato. Yeah. And so, and you see this, and you saw that back in uh, 08, 09 through 10, where now you had the hedge funds and large institutional dollars stepping up and buying rental homes and renting them out. Um and acquiring the assets for effectively pennies on the dollar. And so what you witnessed in the housing market, that goes on in the stock market as well. And you just, it takes going through a couple of these cycles to recognize it. First, I remember in, I specifically remember sitting back in 99, uh, my dad had retired a couple years ago and I was sitting over at their place one afternoon and we were looking through a book. It used to be that you, uh, Charts weren't as readily available online as they are now. And I subscribed to the service where I would get these chart books sent to my house. You can get it once a week or once every two weeks. And literally on Saturday morning, uh, you'd hear the guy that was delivering newspapers and there'd be this thunk on the doorstep. And it was a, a book that was probably like an eight and a half by 11 sheet. And there were probably two to 300 pages in there. It was called Daily Graphs. Um, it's a few hundred bucks a year. And they would choose whatever stock charts to put in there. And you could see the activity going back on whatever companies they chose. If they chose not to put your your stock in there, then you didn't get it that week or that cycle. And they might put it in on a later one. And I remember looking through these charts and thinking, how can this be real? Because just over the last, you know, six, seven months, everything was just going vertical. Uh Um, You know, parabolic. I think, what? And I, I hadn't experienced that before. I thought, this can't be real. And so I didn't, I didn't make a ton of money in the dot-com because I was afraid to put money at that. This just doesn't make any sense. And I didn't know what I was doing. I, I got fortunate in that I didn't get whacked in the downdraft either because I didn't have a lot of money into it. Um, and then not that long thereafter, then I was able to walk away from IBM. So I did something right. Um, yeah, but it was really, really interesting to see the downdraft and not having lived through one of those before. You learn a ton. And just like you saw it, I mean, you were witnessing what's going on, but it was hard. You didn't understand it. No, yeah. I mean, I just, it is what it is at the time. I didn't, I didn't know what I was in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just thought like, oh man, this, this is a long, you know, this is a long dance. Yep. I didn't even know it's a cycle, but it was just, man, it's always down. Yep. <laughs> and then you saw the same thing when we went through the 0809, the drop. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I've seen this before, but you didn't quite know what to recognize. Yeah, different environment. Like yep. I thought it would last longer, mm-hmm. but because you had, you know, all this, you know, that, that's the first time I heard of quantitative easing. Yes, right. That's a nice way to tell you, hey, we're gonna, you know, make fake money. Yes, 
and we're going to buy up assets uh, so that so that you know things things don't go down anymore, right? If, if I understood that correctly, then okay, we're probably not going to go down much. Yeah, you'd have <laughs> since they're doing that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand. Um, and yeah, and and uh, and you know, uh, we 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 had it again in 2020. Yep. And then this is like uh, never been unprecedented, you know, activity at QE. This is you know in the trillions. Yes. And so that quickly prop up the market uh, fast. Right. You had a V-shaped, you know, just you know, move in the stock market. Uh, it, it I think it was only down for like six weeks or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Not even six months, but six weeks. And so if you're a new listener here is talking about charts, <clears throat> uh, neither one of us is a big fan of fundamentals. <clears throat> There's some, not that we poo-poo it entirely, but we basically poo-poo it entirely. Um, and the reason we say that is, and it's, it's one of the better examples I've ever come up with. If you go back and look at the, the uh, March of 2000, when the market had come down. So the COVID started to become, you know, we knew that Chris and I did a podcast actually in this thing when it first hit the news saying something's going on. We, we actually recorded a podcast that night in talking about it a little bit. And then maybe a month later, two months later, you saw the whole market had dropped. It was like 35%, something like that. Dude, this is where I just hit. This is where age is showing. I totally forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> What when you <laughs> whatever thought I was gonna say, dude? It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it was a brilliant thought. <laughs> Gone, just like wind. <laughs> Where the hell were we going with this? On the oh, that's embarrassing. Wow. It's okay. You don't have to remember. But well, I mean, we were, we're we're just talking about you know the the cycles of down. You had this Fed intervention. Right, and that that was my point. Is uh, when you start to recognize these things, then you can use it to you know uh, to, to find opportunities. And uh, I think the current environment that uh, you know we are in, um, and here's the thing that I think people don't recognize too: they start to pay attention to, you know, how uh, the economic activities or how people are doing in general, right? Are they, you know, easy to get a job or, you know, are prices uh, uh, coming down or things like that to, to see if, uh, hey, the, the stock market is going to recover. But usually the stock market recovers, I think, a, a lot, be, you know, uh, uh, ahead of, you know, before that, all those economic activities take place. So you may feel like we're still in a, you know, kind of a recession or things aren't really happening so well, but the stock markets, you know, starts to go higher. Right. I remember reading something years ago, and I still haven't. Whatever thought I had, Chris, it's totally gone. It blew. It probably got in the wind. It's probably three blocks away by now. <laughs> it's okay. But, yeah, but I remember <laughs> reading something a while ago, and it said something to the effect of the stock market has about a six to nine month lead on what you'll see in the economy. Mm-hmm. And so, if things are bad in the stock market, you know, if the prices are coming down, 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 down. You mm-hmm. watch in about six, nine months from that point, you'll start to hear all kinds of headlines in the newspaper yeah. about, oh, things are looking bad. It's horrible. Yeah, I can't get jobs, whatever it may be. And you look at the stock market and you think, well, how can that be? The stock market isn't tied to that. But if you mm-hmm. go back and look six to nine months before, you see a downdraft there. 
And I yeah, I mean, we've had, study uh, that, but it, it oftentimes ends up being true. It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, you look at it today, we, we, the market's been down for about six months. Yep. And, uh, you know, we're just starting to see companies laying off. Yes. Right. They're reducing, you know, hiring and, uh, cutting, you know, headcounts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to go to, uh, boost up liquidity and all that stuff. And, uh, you're seeing, you know, the inflated, uh, prices of things right yep. as you know even more so so uh you know six months ago we they weren't really talking so much about that so one of the things too we did an earlier episode i don't remember the number of it but you the it's trying what people get confused on is trying to make a linkage between the economy and the stock market and you have to understand that they are two separate living breathing animals that have it's too blunt to say they have nothing in common. That's a little too extreme, but there's not a direct correlation. And the best story and example I've heard on this is it was a, a guy described, I think it was back in the seventies. I think is when he gave this, gave this story and it's been uh, used and quoted many times ever since. And he was referring, it was a guy that worked on wall street and he was talking about walking his dog in central park. And so if you live in New York, you know what he's talking about. Neither one of us do. I think I walked through Central Park once, but I, I don't know enough about it to comment. So I give, the, I give a different analogy that I think everybody in the country would understand is if you can imagine you're going on a walk through a park, good way to say it, but the park is shaped like the United States. Not as big as the U.S., obviously. It's whatever size park you want to imagine, but it's in the shape of the U.S. And you start your walk in San Diego. And you're going in the direction of Maine. So you're going from the southern, southwest, the most southwestern point in the U.S., trying to go up to the most northeastern point in the U.S. And you're walking a dog. And your walk is going to take you on a 45-degree angle between those two points. And the dog is on a long leash. And so while you're doing this 45-degree angle walk from San Diego up to Maine, the dog may decide to run up towards San Francisco. And then he may decide to run back down towards elsewhere along the border. And now you make it up to Vegas and the dog is maybe decides to continue south. So he's been heading down. And now by the time you get up to Denver, the dog is now heading up north. So the dog looks like he's up in Minneapolis, but you still are only at the point of being in Denver. And if you think of it that way, in that in your path, you, the walker, are the economy. And the dog is the stock market. And so the dog may be heading up, the stock market may be heading up, it may be heading down. But it is effectively independent of the economy. And you would think that they should be more linked at the hip, but they're not. And once you come to grips with that, you won't get as wrapped up in the concern as to whether or not we're in a bear market, whether or not we're in a recession, we're in a recovery. <laughs> if you're interested in trading the stock market, it doesn't matter. As yeah. long as it moves around, it's awesome. I, I think it's more correlated to, you know, human emotions, you know, than what's going on in the economy. So the good example is, you know, back in 2020 when, you know, people were just excited about the stock market. Everyone, you know, if you think about economic activity, everybody's sitting at home. Nobody's working. And they're getting the stock market should be hammered, <laughs> right? But people were just flooding the, the market with money. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's that's just going to push up prices. But 
it had nothing to do with economic activity. No, no, nobody was uh, working. People were home. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's a, uh, so here's, here's a plug on why you want to bust your butt to get to time freedom. It's not so that you can sit on the beach and take pictures of your, of your knees and your thighs and your toes with water in the background. It's got nothing to do with that. You want to do something productive, but Chris, you've been out of work for a decade. Do you care if the economy is booming or in a recession? No. Is it going to change your ability to make money? Nope. Not a bit. And nor do I. My income is not going to be impacted one iota, whether we're in an economic boom or whether we're in a, oh my God, the whole world is falling out and cratering uh, decline. It doesn't matter because you can make money in either direction. All you need is for it to be moving around. Yeah, as long as you can recognize, you know, what the market is doing, then you can, you can, you know, mm -hmm. uh, benefit from that. So what's it and, take and, and, and earlier, uh, I think I, I can go back to what you forgot. Perfect. Because <laughs> I think you were talking about fundamental and technical, no? Yes. Yep. And then you probably referring to you, the, you know, before the pandemic uh, news came out, we already saw it in the technical. Yep. So I was, yeah. we saw it there. My, the one that comes to mind, thank you for that. It, you know what it is. If those but is that, that is that, is that what you were that going? That was exactly it. Okay. And if, <laughs> if you know LA at all, I live down near the beach. I'm a couple blocks in. Chris is a couple yards down from the mountains in LA. We're about 40 miles apart as the crow flies. Um, and that's how long it took for the wind to blow my thought <laughs> from my house to where he is. If you, the people that, thank you for that. The people that, uh, We'll argue about fundamentals. Go back and look at a chart of Boeing back when the market cratered. And Boeing is, you know, a massive manufacturing company. And their price within, and don't quote me on the exact number, you go look at a chart and see. I think it bottomed out, I want to say it was either 83 or 93. I can't remember, bucks a share. And within three, four days, it was north of, I want to say it was like 180, 170, 180. <clears throat> but in ballpark four days, it had almost doubled up 75 ish, hundred percent, whatever that number is. <clears throat> Remember we're unemployed. We, we don't need to be, we're not engineers. We don't need to be down to the penny, but you go look it up yourself and see. And you think, and they didn't release financials. It wasn't like there was a plane crash that had happened. They didn't come out with an earnings report that showed stuff being good, bad, or ugly. It was none of that. And so the fundamentals hadn't changed. And yet you've got one of the largest companies on earth doubled in value. And you say, how can you see that in fundamentals? And you can't. And that's why we lean towards doing charts because you learn to be able to read charts and you can see where money is flowing into or out of a specific stock. And then you can, you know, that's why we that. said uh, the correlation has to do with human emotions and behavior and they're reflected in the, the charts. Yep. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And it just takes a matter of time that you got to go find, you can go read a ton of books. If you're interested in books on this stuff on the, uh, investing from the beach website, there's a book list there. You can flip through those and see if any grab you. Um, there's other stuff on the website that may grab you too, if you're interested. Um, the challenge becomes, like I can give you a list of 200 books that I've read. Chris can add another 50 different books probably that he's read and he's read the 200 that I have. Yeah, the pieces of uh, the uh, go back to the operating system application analogy. They're pieces of applications uh, that you're going to try to learn, but you have no operating system installed. 
So if you're new on that, imagine your phone, whether you use an iPhone or an Android. <clears throat> and Chris or I come up talking to you about this awesome app that if you install it on your phone can get you to time freedom. And we go on and I go, oh, that sounds awesome. What, where do I get it? And say, well, what do you have? Oh, I have an Android. Oh, sorry, man. It only works on Apple. Like, uh, and if you only have Apple, it only works on Android. So sorry. And the reality is on that, what happens is people get so caught up in the app, they've got to build their, the, the operating system first. Yeah, they, they, you know, if you didn't you didn't even install the operating system, there's no way you're going to be able to install the app. Correct. <laughs> Just can't. And so the app could be something in the real estate field, whether it's buying and selling or flipping or doing notes or commercial, it doesn't matter. It could be something in the stock market, where you're doing options or, you know, buy and hold forever or swing trade, day trade, you can do down, you know, trade for a couple of minutes, whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter. Those are all apps. And people get way too caught up in the app without having had the base operating system put in place in your brain. This is not something you install on your phone. It's how you think. What your plans are, your objectives, there's a whole bunch of things that get built into that. We talk about that in some of the very earliest episodes of the podcast. Yeah, we can relate it uh, you know, to this current environment right now. If you look at in the last few years uh, where people are you know, just making money by ho- buying and holding something because things are just keep going up, that's an app, mm-hmm. right? But if you, did, you didn't have an operating system and what we just talked about as far as understanding big picture of these market cycles, you know, going through uh, the euphoria stage to capitulation and back to euphoria, if you didn't understand that, now that you're going through this, a lot of people, I bet, you know, are wiped out and, and then they just, they give up, they capitulate and they'll probably never invest again. Well, no, they will. It depends how old they are, but it'll oh, yeah, take yeah, them yeah. another, you know, through the end of the cycle yeah, and it looks real get, easy. They'll come right back in at the, you <clears> know, <throat> at the, the euphoria stage again. <laughs> yep. And <clears throat> the earlier in life you can learn that, the better off you'll be. And that's, and that's a piece of the operating, operating system. system. Yep. Yeah. And if you don't have that, that those things are missing. Uh, the apps don't work. Whatever you're going to do uh, when you hit a, a certain you know, time or uh, situation in the market or, you know, could be your emotions. Uh, it, it, you know, it can take you out and, you know, you, you're not going to succeed without it. You're going to get a shovel slammed in your face <clears throat> is really what's going to happen. So. Cool. All right, dude, any other words of wisdom as we wrap this, wrap this bad boy up? No, just final thoughts. Uh, it's, it's to take in what we talked about, uh, and, and this is you know, applicable for the future because they'll, they'll be, the, the cycles aren't going away. We're always going to have these cycles. Um, and to recognize what we're in so that you're not fearful, you're not caught in that fear, and you're going to hear you know, all these bad news and stuff that comes out. Um, and when you're not fearful and you have the understanding of the big picture, you can prepare for that next cycle because there's a lot of opportunities, um, and it, it, it will help you get to time freedom if you do. Along those lines, as I said before, don't confuse facts with opinions and it's okay to make investing decisions based on opinions. Nothing, nothing wrong with that, but don't. Tell your, don't let your brain tell yourself or let anyone else tell you that you're making that judgment based on a fact. 
you want to make opinions or make judgments or make decisions based on facts, cool. Make them based on opinions, cool. But just be able to delineate between the two so that when you find out that you're wrong on one of them, you can course correct if necessary. Well, the, the, we get these market cycles about every 10 years. Is that a fact or opinion? It's a fact. Uh, you tell me. I go look it's on a, a chart. I can see it. It's yeah, a fact. Exactly. Yep. Now, where are we in the in the cycle today? That's an yeah. opinion. Yeah. Right? Are we going to? What's are we the gonna, market going to do? And <laughs> that's an opinion. That's an opinion. Yeah. Right. You can put some educated um, probabilities on it, but it's still just an opinion. And you got to understand that. And once that clicks in with you, it the world opens up. It's an awesome, awesome, awesome spot to be. How about the Fed can't uh, raise rates for so long? It's an opinion. Think so? That they say that again? That the Fed can't raise rates for so long? Yeah. At at some point, they're they're you know. Oh, at some point, there is a top. Yep. Yeah. They, they can't they can't keep on raising rates. <clears throat> Correct. Right. So they they're, they're going to have to come back, you know. But stop it's an, raising rates. It's an opinion yeah. as to whether it's going to go up uh, when? another percentage. We don't know, yeah. And how yeah. much? Yeah. That's an opinion. Yeah. So cool. As always, we know that if you'll put into practice what we talk about on this episode as well as prior episodes. We've given Dude, I would How come somebody didn't do this when you and I were learning how to trade? Man, this would have been so much easier. But it, it, the stuff we're sharing well, you because it you, didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the the mechanisms for distribution weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you put into practice and think about what we're uh, what we're sharing with you, it can help you get to the point of freedom. Um, we describe free time freedom is really the ability to go to the beach on a Tuesday, and you want to be able to go listen to Tuesday waves. They sound incredibly different than the waves that you get to hear on a weekend, the Friday, the Saturday, and the Sundays, or sorry, the Saturdays, the Sundays. And we're even recording this over a three-day weekend. And so the Mondays will be crowded at the beach. You get down to the beach there and listen to the waves. You got to share that sound with, you know, 100,000 of your closest friends. You get down there on a Tuesday, there's nobody there. And that is the best wave that you want to be able to listen to. So the objective in getting to time freedom is to be able to get to hear Tuesday waves. Again, if you've got input for us, comments, love to get the cards and letters, or I guess these days it's really emails and phone calls. Those would be wonderful. Um, And as always, we appreciate listening. We'll look forward to speaking to you next time. Take care.